0: welcome to know your roles we're here back for another week hello everyone yeah thank you for tuning in we have a great show coming at you we are going to be talking to Kara gilvey painter bartender friend person of many talents podcaster podcast producer
1: yeah no just like it's funny like on a a lot of the podcasts i mentioned that i've got like 36 by 24 movie posters framed in my house and uh, oddly enough uh I have pictures. Of, I have a picture of Kara on my on my wall, so it's kind of rad. That it's like we just go full circle that that even happens. So
0: and to go even crazier is that we it's not in this room, but we have a picture. Hillary and I, my fiance, who's also very close friends with Kara, um, we have a picture with you, George, at. Kara and Bunny's wedding oh my lord <laughs> that's framed uh in our friends uh Liz and Callie of course um who were there as well shout out to them
1: oh right I remember that photo that's a good photo that's like a family feud photo
0: yeah well Karen and Bunny had this they set up this awesome thing at their wedding that which was like uh the stage it was their apartment like they brought like there were flats that were designed with wallpaper like their apartment and uh, they brought like some of their house houseplants and stuff. It, it was it was very cool, very fun event.
1: Yeah, no, it was like, when sitting up there reminded me of like, you know, like the opening segment of the Family Feud when they introduced the family and the family's like sitting in like this, like, da like, da 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 It's like, they're like in the background. It was like, meet the Robinsons. And they're all like in a, in a pose and like everybody's sitting on the couch. I forgot about that photo. That photo's incredible. It's with the,
0: <laughs> Just everybody, update on George Gordon 2021. This man is watching a lot of Family Feud.
1: Watching a ton of fam Well, I mean, like...
0: <laughs> You've mentioned it in, like, most episodes.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny what I remember, like, I can't remember what happened Tuesday, but I can remember, like, every detail of, of terrible TV shows and, and and game shows from as a kid, because it's just, like, it. Just it's, for some reason, I just messed up my mind work. I remember, like, stupid details of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know the theme song, The Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're going to be talking to Kara. We're going to be talking about painting and podcasting and bartending and music. We're going to talk about music, and our game is going to be a music festival. Build your own music festival. That's going to be super fun for everyone. Before we do that, George and I are going to do bar talk, where us two NYC bartenders are going to chop it up and, uh, you know, talk our shit, whatever we do, but, uh, I'll go first. And, uh, my bar, I'm going to do a little segment I came up with that, uh, is kind of a play on, you know, hacky radio DJ or newscaster type love it, hate it segment. I, I'm going to call this, uh, appreciate and or shit on. <laughs> so I'm going to appreciate some things and I'm going to shit on some things. And I thought I'd debut this segment with talking about uh, a fairly easy target with a lot of things to talk about. And that's the Super Bowl. I'm going to just discuss the Super Bowl real quickly, and then hopefully we can never talk about football ever again. (laughs) I would be perfectly happy with that. Anyway, okay. So appreciate, I appreciate the Super Bowl for giving us an hour chunk of time that was accounted for, something to do, something to schedule around, and uh at least one side of, like, high-level football, which was, uh, you know, fun to watch. I'm going to go ahead and shit on the uh, the NFL in general for being just generally terrible in so many ways. Look no further than having the audacity to run a fucking ad now saying that Black Lives Matter after a, a man getting kicked out of the league for saying just that, and they admitted that he got kicked out of the league. So go ahead and appreciate Colin Kaepernick. And uh, shout out to Colin Kaepernick's organization, Know Your Rights Camp. This is from their website. Our mission is to advance the liberation and well-being of black and brown communities through education, self-empowerment, mass mobilization, and the creation of new systems that elevate the next generation of change leaders. So yeah, Kaepernick, man, he deserves the praise. I mean, it's still amazing. This guy still does not have a job. And we're going to go ahead and shit on all those NFL teams with a bum ass quarterback in the past five years who haven't taken a sniff, as George would say, at uh, Kaepernick uh, under center. Chicago Bears, my team. I'm looking at you. <laughs> He's certainly as talented as anybody they've put under center in the last fucking decades, multiple decades. Okay, I'm going to appreciate Tom Brady for winning seven out of ten Super Bowls and being football's goat. One of the all-time GOATS, right up there with Michael Jordan, and behind Serena Williams. I'm going to go ahead and shit on Tom Brady. Never forget, this man was a Trump supporter. He had the hat. He affectionately referred to him as his friend. Don't ever forget that. Let's go ahead and appreciate Patrick Mahomes. He had a rough game. He got beat pretty bad. It's maybe the worst game of his career. This kid is still incredible. He's so young. He's so talented. He's going to have more chances. He was certainly like hobbled uh, in the game. And like, you know, I I was talking to my dad and he was like, he played like shit. And like, he didn't really play like shit. He was hurt and he was running for his fucking life. And also, George, this is a a number for you. You may have seen this, but Patrick Mahomes ran 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage like in evasive maneuvers 497 yards he almost that's a that's a record by like uh, 100 yards (laughs) so you know it's how he was literally running for his life and I was telling my dad like if Mitch Trubisky was back there he would have got sacked 20 times you know what I mean it's it's incredible what he was able to do so he's still going to be pretty damn good he's still pretty damn good and uh he still played you know those throws that he made where he's like pretty much completely uh, horizontal. (laughs) It's like nobody, and he, like, they should have caught some of those. (laughs) It's incredible. But yeah, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and shit on his team. They're named the Kansas City Chiefs and they play at Arrowhead Stadium. If that wasn't enough, just so everybody knows, they're not named after an indigenous chief. They're actually named after a white dude who became mayor in Kansas City who appropriated indigenous culture. And and called himself a chief. And that's what the team is named after. So yeah, just uh, always remember, as always I've mentioned before, remember to follow Illuminatives and NDN Collective. And there are many other groups that are very active in the efforts to change these names and and, uh, stop the profiteering off of this iconography. So yeah, all right, go ahead and appreciate some really well-written commercials. George talked about them last week. There were definitely some funny ones uh the michael b jordan he that one certainly made me laugh uh the one with the like mike myers and shit that made me laugh but then i'm gonna go ahead and shit on capitalism for reminding me that every second of every day they were trying to take everything turning us to get like like fucking uber eats like these guys were in a in a commercial for uber eats and they had the nerve to be like help us save restaurants it's like you know uber eats you know how you can help us save restaurants by not existing (laughs) because you are hurting us but uh, anyway, that's going to go ahead and do it for appreciate slash and or shit on George.
1: There was there was one commercial that I thought I, that I'd rather enjoyed the uh, Dan Levy, Dan, not Dan Levy, is it Dan Dan Levy M and M's commercial that was pretty funny. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, Brad Garrett, um, um, Jersey Mike's commercial. I thought I thought that was very funny as well. Uh, for me, for my Bar Talk, my Bar Talk is actually solely based on like one event that happened a couple months ago. But I've been sort of doing some research and thinking about some about some other things. And uh, I bought Wings Band on the Run on vinyl a few months ago. For the first time, it was like one of the best records of all time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The problem is, is like I have uh, been saying the wrong lyric for, I don't know, half of my life, however the many times I've heard this song. So I was going through some of my favorite wrong lyrics. So shout out to my uh, my buddy Matt, his older sister, Ginny, has um, the song Evil Woman by ELO. She thought the lyric was actually Medieval Woman, which is something that always cracks me up because now I can't unhear that song. Medieval Woman. So now every time I hear that song, which isn't enough, but I mean, I, that's just what I'm thinking about is like when that song comes along, It's like, oh, Medieval Woman. Oh, wait a second. Evil Woman. Um, That's a very common one. Medieval Woman. Love it.
0: Like, a, like, a common misunderstanding. Like,
1: yeah. Love, love that one. Uh, a newer one that I've, that I've enjoyed that I've recently found. Well, not recently, but in the past few years, found it, uh, the the lyrics and what they, what they were really saying. There's a song by, uh, band of horses called Laredo, which is a great song. And, um, the, the lyrics leading up to the misheard lyric is, uh, I put a bullet in my kill, Lorenzo. A kitchen knife up to my face. I thought for years, and me, another of my buddy, thought he was saying, a kitchen that I fucked in the face. For years and years, It's like, a kitchen that I fucked in the face. A kitchen knife up to my face. So, that's, uh, that's just sort of a couple of my favorite, like, mystery lyrics. And now I'm moving on to the aforementioned Wings Band on the Run. So uh, the, the the album opens up with the, with the title track, which is Band on the Run, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, and I always thought the lyrics were like this. First off, on a side note, Band on the Run, the song, should be like the COVID anthem. And if you don't know the lyrics, I'm going to sing them to you. Here we go. Stuck inside these four walls. sent inside forever, never seeing no one nice again like you, mama, you mama and then it gets to the part that was like dinner and 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 it gets to the next of that that part of the song which i've always gotten wrong and the lyrics go if i ever get out of here thought of giving it all away to a registered charity all i need is a pint a day if i ever get out of here i always thought the lyric was too rich for charity I thought that was like the Paul McCartney humble brag too rich for charity. All I need is a pint a day. Who knew <laughs> after you're hearing this song for over 20 years that Paul McCartney was saying to a registered charity. So now every time I put that record on, which has been often because I do get a little high and I like those to records by myself, so, I still find myself going too rich for charity. That's not the lyric. Is to a registered charity. <laughs> anyway, that is my bar talk. Misheard lyrics. Shout out to Band in the Run, one of the greatest songs <laughs> of all time. The next song that I track is Jet, also misheard lyrics. But those lyrics don't make any sense, so we don't need to bring that up. Again, shout out to all those misheard lyrics.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, George Gordon. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> we'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitress. <laughs>
2: I've been lulled into a, a lovely, lovely sense of uh, of calm by all of this, especially by the lovely serenade. Thank you, George.
1: Thank you,
0: producer Mary best. All right. Well, yeah, that's bar talk. After this episode, I'm going to go work the phones to try to get George a contract.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, thank you, guys. I think I've always found my speaking voice to be better than my singing voice. That's that's music to my ears.
0: You're gonna go far, kid. <laughs> awesome. So we're gonna get to. Uh, that conversation with uh, Kara Gilvey and yeah, we're going to, we're going to jump into it. Hope you guys enjoy. Is
1: that a thing you can do?
0: Dude, it's a, it's, it's a thing that had been happening when this all became like a big craze or when everybody transitioned, you know, to doing everything as <laughs> own. And you, but some of them were not, some, some of them are not,
3: not good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's that's why a lot of people move to platforms like YouTube for live stream shows, because just doing it on Zoom and sharing the link with everybody, people would just come in and like, like, I've heard of people who had like Trump followers, like around the election, pop in on their comedy shows and be like, fuck you, Trump 2020. And It's like, well, oh <laughs> <laughs> what's up, guys?
0: We just thought you might be Zoom bombing us. <laughs>
1: so
0: we- oh, no. <laughs> it's an
1: iPhone. Oh no. I just learned about zoom bombs. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> we
0: didn't we didn't have one. We were just discussing them. At first, uh at when they first uh when George first heard about it, he thought it was funny. And then I had to be like, Some of them not fun not not funny. <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> but uh Kara, this is our I don't know which which square everybody is in, but <laughs> this is our producer Mary Bess, who you've never met before. Kara, Mary Bess, Mary Best, Kara.
3: Hello, nice to meet you. How are you? Hi, Kara.
2: So nice to see you. Uh, George knows this. I used to live around the corner from Double Windsor, and i looking into your artwork and looking at your photo online. I
3: thought you looked familiar.
2: I recognize you. Yeah, it's been, it's been a few years since I was in that area, but Double Windsor was a, I mean, still one of my favorite places in New York. So I definitely recognized your face. So it's really lovely to actually meet you in this space. It's good to see you.
0: Um, I actually have, uh, I I chose this mug this morning for everyone who who can't see. Uh, It's, it's.
3: I can't see it. You're so small. Oh, it's one of my, it's one of my uh, paintings.
0: It's uh, Kara's artwork on a mug. Um, I'm a, I'm a real fan.
3: (laughs) I love it.
2: Yeah. As, as someone who's new to your work, I'll say I'm a, fa- I'm a fan as well. I love, I love the wood grain. I love a bath. I think bath is the one that I saw that I was just like, wow, that's unlike anything I've seen. And it makes me feel good. So
3: I'm glad you like it. Yeah. I've definitely been painting a lot more since I've been bartending less, but um, trying to get the website together, trying to get all the, you know, merchandising on point. <laughs> definitely.
0: That's a good question. Like you are someone like me that you have not. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have not bartended since March, right?
3: No, I have not. I have not lifted a a, a finger in regards to bartending.
0: Um, does that feel good?
3: I, I do feel good, honestly. Like I miss it sometimes. I think you know I could. If I go back to it, I think I'll have a rejuvenated perspective on like what the work is in terms of like service and like you know how to really make it a healthier mindset for myself, which I think I always try to do to a degree. But it's hard. Um, I don't miss the conflict there. I feel like there was just a lot of conflict. Um, the small like my the, the minutiae of you know not understanding someone trying to get them to understand you or just like you know crazy drunk person
1: um
3: yeah so i don't miss that
1: <laughs> do you know when it all comes back so just so you know that like uh i i've been like walking around the apartment just just giddy because it's like uh whenever i i described doing this podcast with you as a guest is like Two for them, one for me. Is like, is like, I'm just here to have a good time. This it's so good to see you because as most people don't know is like I saw you three and four hours a week for like eight straight years. So I know. So to not be able to hang out with you, it's, it's, it's sort of brutal. So I'm, I'm like, I got this big shit-eating grin. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast as to talk, talk stuff. I'm the, the question that I have as far as bartending goes. You know, whenever when it does come back, it's going to be off the rails.
3: oh i know which is why i want to get vaccinated so i'm ready to you know hop back in as fast as possible in like a in a feel good kind of way um i do think that that is coming i wonder if it'll be like all at once or if it's going to be like a trickling you know trickling in but like those warm summer days i I don't know i mean people are going to be feeling a lot better so
0: i think whatever mile markers there are you know as far as like this day we go to 50 percent or or this day we bring this back like all of those markers are going to be when the weather gets nice are going to be big you know what right. I mean, like i remember working uh in williamsburg the day after sandy and hurricane sandy, and now, i yeah. worked uh I worked, I don't know if anybody was listening, to, thought maybe that I just met somebody named Sandy. <laughs> she,
3: she was, yeah, the day after Sandy. I'll never forget
0: her. But, uh, but no, but like it was like a random, it was a random day shift that would have just been like a normal shift otherwise. And it was maybe the busiest shift I've ever worked in my entire life.
3: That um, was the beginning of my like true bartending career. I'd always been stuck with bar backing sh- shifts up until that storm. And I was the only person that could walk to the bar. So I got, from that point forward, I was kind of hooked up. And it was, you know, anytime the weather is bad, we always made more money.
1: I know. That was one of the things I was, like, missing the other day. Because, like, when it was, like, snowing profusely, you know, was, like those days it was snowing. It was
3: nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, because you're, like, a neighborhood place. And, like, everybody just needs somewhere that's not their
1: home that's close by. Remember that day we were working, like somebody rolled in on skis. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's Park slope. <Slut>. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: like, like on ski, like they came, like, hey, like they came off the,
3: the lift. Like <laughs> Yeah. And they, they took them off and leaned them up against the wall and ordered a drink.
1: Yeah. And I was, I walked in, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah no they were like i guess they had they had sh- what do they call slalom i guess whatever <laughs> i don't think there was slalom let's call it that what is, what is that? that is that the one is that the one that goes in, that. in and out they uh it's funny like i'm miming this but i guess i'm talking about this <laughs>
0: you, you're not that far like the mime is still yeah whatever um, that
1: was super crazy
0: But that's funny. That's bringing back like fond memories of me. Like uh, I would be the patron that would be in between. Like I come for Georgia's shift and stay into the first hour or so of Kara's shift. Uh, And uh, like there's all there the I forget what day it was, but the runners' day. And like as soon as the one comes in, like we just make eye contact and we're like the fucking runners are here.
3: (laughs) See. See, this is the this is the bliss. This is the bliss of my unemployment, is that I had actually forgotten. I'm sorry. I haven't thought and I haven't thought about the runners in so long.
1: Wow. I'm, I'm sorry to do that to you. That was uh I believe that is Wednesday.
0: That sounds right, because that's a day that I have off.
1: So uh no, no I had off, yeah. Yeah, I believe that was Wednesday. So Kara, we're not gonna name any names. <laughs> What? like <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see if I can guess it into my head. Is there a an archetype or a personality trait that you that you don't miss from bartending? And I'm gonna see if I can guess it. It was like if it was like a person I remember. like an individual
3: you're asking for names
1: or I'm not gonna name or them. like a type, like a type of person. Type okay, of yeah, person. It, was like, it was like it was like it was like no names, no names. no no names, but you're like, but you're just sort of like, the dude, who gets the blah, 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 blah. That guy.
3: (laughs) That's him. No, you just described him. That's him. Yeah. That's exactly who I don't miss. At least the The dude that gets the blah, blah, blah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because that encapsulates all kinds of people um, that I don't miss. But uh, I do, I mean, I'd rather think about the things I do miss. Because... I have a feeling I'll be going back at some point and I'd rather focus on things that are going to be a nice, uh, you know, reunion per se with uh, me and customer service.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So seeing that you haven't, haven't been behind the stick since March of last year, uh, Dave and I both know what you've been doing. Why don't you tell our, our listeners what you've been doing and what you've been working on because you've, you've made your COVID time very productive.
3: Very productive. I mean,
0: productive is, you know, that's a, who knows, but you've done things.
1: Yeah, I mean, just all the <laughs> stuff that you've been doing. is like producing.
3: What have I been doing? Um, I I made a quilt. Um, I That was in the beginning. <laughs> I uh, started a podcast with my wife um, called... Exo Higher Self. Um, my wife is named Bunny Michael, mm-hmm. and we've been doing this for now three seasons, about thirty episodes. They're short seasons, um, and it's a kind of a kind of advice format show. Um, so yeah, just focusing on that, trying to you know build the listenership there. Um, I've been painting a lot because uh, it's something that I always try to do when I was working before, but now I just have a lot more time to do it. So been doing that. And uh I had a show in September, November. I had a show in November um that was, you know, a pandemic show. Nobody could go to it, but people looked at it online and uh, you know, just trying to sell some paintings, um try to just create more really, just try to make something every day, whether that's uh, a painting, a podcast episode, or uh, dinner. Um, <laughs> and yeah, what else? I don't know. I've been going up and upstate a lot, uh, trying to do a little um, house hunting up there in a very uh, it's a terrible time to be on a budget, but I am. And it's so competitive, but. It's been worth, it's been, it's been an interesting journey of, you know, looking at houses I can't afford and looking at houses I can't afford that I don't want.
0: So. <laughs> I think, uh, you're not yeah. alone there. I saw, I think there was like an SNL skate or something that was like, uh,
3: Oh, the Zillow yeah, it was like thing. Yeah, it's like for a dating yes.
0: site, but it was for Zillow because <laughs> everybody yes. is like, "Oh, I can't wait to get into this house that I can't afford." You know, everybody is doing that.
1: One but, of uh, so- oddly enough, one of my buddies—that uh, is a joke that apparently SNL stole from him from his album from two, uh, two years ago, which is oh, which shit. is uh, Ted Alexander, shout out to Ted Alexander. He's like, he's been making a joke about it, He's like I want a million dollars from SNL, and now there's been a GoFundMe page to see if that <laughs> he can raise a million dollars from SNL from a joke. That he wrote from a couple of years ago, which is kind of yes, kind of fun. The uh, I I listened to a couple of episodes of the podcast today. It's it's awesome, and uh, I've, since you and Dave are are here together, I want to ask to both of y'all the question. It's like, how was you? How have you found like being a producer in the podcast? And what are some of the things that you've learned? And is like being able to do that because it's like it's a skill set you guys have to learn on the fly.
3: I I honestly really enjoy the medium itself, and I think that uh, I think that my role in it so far of like being behind the scenes, editing things, trying to do social media stuff. It definitely doesn't come naturally to me, but I enjoy the work and I really enjoy the editing process. um, I do a lot of deep breathing and uh, you know, taking out uh, pauses and clicks, just tightening up the sound of everything. And I find like, just, you know, because everything else I do is so visual painting and stuff. It's like, it's nice to have something just in my ears and focusing on like a different sense for a while. Um, and I really, as podcasts, like I'm a huge podcast fan. I listen to so many podcasts. So I feel like I'm, I'm participating and contributing to, you know, something that I, I enjoy myself, which is a good feeling, but the schedule, you know, you gotta stay on the schedule. You gotta, you gotta keep up with the social media stuff. You gotta be, um, engaging you have to be constantly engaging trying try to engage new listeners and ultimately they say podcast spread by word of mouth so you really want people to be you know telling their friends or you know recommending it to people so yeah it's been it's been i don't know i guess it's a new skill i hope i'm good at it i'd like to get better
1: I, I've enjoyed it. It's like there's like the, the things that I enjoyed was like the music for one is is awesome. The music in between questions is great.
3: That's our sound guy, our guy Michael Bahari, he makes all the all the music. Really? He's great. <laughs> he makes music with Bunny too on the side. So
1: all oh, right yeah. on. I one mean, when it, the episode was listening, and I was discussing with Dave and uh producer Mary Bess earlier. There's like uh there was a question that I heard today, and it was it was interesting because like the question when she gets to like what she wanted to talk about, she mentioning like cookies and uh, getting cookies from her from, from family and, and uh, but it was like a metaphor about like the life that the relationship they have with their parents has there been a question that you heard in which you were like holy shit i guess i hadn't really thought about it like that
0: very briefly well let's say first of all the name of yours and uh your spouse Bunny michael's podcast is EXO higher self
3: i mean there's been a lot of questions that i haven't really thought about there's a couple different categories of questions. There's, uh, you know, a, relationship questions, um, ethical and ego based questions. Like, should I, what, what's the best thing to do in this situation or like I feel guilty about this or, um, and then there's uh, fear of death is a big one. Uh, probably at one of those a week, I think it's mostly pandemic based, like fear of COVID fear of illness, um, and you know, anxiety around that. Um, and, and yeah, some, a lot of family-based ones. Like the one uh, George was just talking about is from this week, this girl's called in and talked about how her mother gave her brother the cookies that were meant for her essentially. Um, and, and she feel, just feels like her mother's always favored, uh, her brother over her. Um, and now Bunny receives this question um, and people write to Bunny because they are hoping that Bunny will give a perspective that uh, highlights their higher self, their um, the internal wisdom of, of love over fear, and will have a different perspective to offer on this problem. But ultimately, P- Bunny is guiding this person towards something that they may inherently already know to be true about the situation um and uh yeah bunny bunny so bunny doesn't so much give advice about it but does you know kind of steer this person in that direction and the advice was something along the lines of you know uh your your mother lo- loves you and she might, she might not know what you need in this situation and you have a couple of options about how you can handle that you can tell this per- you can tell this person you want a better relationship with what the love you need in this situation is or you can uh decide that what you need from them is going to be different and maybe you know it's not about the cookies it is about the cookies but it, you know it's not about the cookies yeah bunny have a way a way of being very gentle and uh sweet and reaffirming of these people who are calling in and giving questions of like you know, true, real, real vulnerable moments in their lives. And they're, they're offering this experience to talk about in a way in a public way that is ultimately going to help so many other people. And that's nice. It's definitely, it's very intimate. It's a very intimate um, space. It's
0: interesting to hear you talk about that. I, I also like, to me, bunny is very much like a person that is a guide, you know, they, they are, Like, and, and they are so good at, at uh, kind of parsing through bullshit and, and making something, you know, in a macro sense, but also be like approachable, you know, in a very specific uh, sense. But uh, I'm interested in talking to you more about, about the podcasting and stuff, because what something that you said that I kind of agree with and feel for me, you know, my medium is, is writing and I'm mostly come from a a film background where i'm writing like feature films and you know that may take me a year it may take me two years who knows um and the immediacy of podcasting is like so satisfying and uh you know i find because it's like it's something we have we have one this week and we're going to do it this week and then we're going to be done and then we'll do the next one and you know it kind of you can slot in have you found are you someone that operates better with you know because we're we're especially not working i think part of the reasons why working in a bar is good for people to do art is because it gives you something to schedule around and i have appreciated that about podcasting as far as like trying to do other things and have you felt that like be helpful uh to you as well to like okay i slot this thing in here and all my other stuff i can like fit in where i can fit it in or you just do things when you feel it
3: I kind of tend to leave things to the last minute. So, you know, I'm, I'm uploading the podcast the night before to like drop 3am Eastern standard time. But right before I go to bed the night before, like it's, we're, we tend to do things at the, at the bitter end just because uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's my, my efficiency system. But we
0: do, too. I didn't want to make it seem like we have our shit together or anything like that. Like we're totally doing everything I've been saying with uh, rubber cement and popsicle sticks. So, yeah.
3: I <laughs> you, but. Yeah. Honestly, it does make it does make more of it's nice to have some, some structure. I mean, other than like doing my chores of survival in my home, I don't I, I'm not leaving for work five days a week so it's nice to have two days a week that are pretty much occupied by this project that I, I enjoy and then it makes the my flex time a little sweeter a little more me me time but I, I do try to spend like I don't know at least four hours a day in my studio so it's I, I try to do that even on the days when we're making the podcast
0: that is a good segue to just talk about your work just a little bit. Uh, I want to talk to you. Well, first, I guess I'd start. So, are um, are both of your parents? Yes, both
3: both of my parents are glassblowers. <laughs> I feel like glassblowing. I feel like glass blowing right now is having its moment because like the Netflix show is more popular now, which I've never seen. <laughs> hey. I've never seen, but I did see a tweet that was like the cool thing about this blowing show is you get to see all the weird people that, and the pathetic people that end up being glassblowers. And I'm not going to say that my parents, they're not weird, pathetic people by any means, but the glassblowing community at large is weird. And, uh, and it was cool. It was cool having an artisan parents though, especially you know, it's such a ancient craft. So I had like a little bit of a guild vibe going on in my house. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, because, you know, I have a similar, my parents are both painters and, uh, you know, actually I was, I was telling George and Mary Beth that I think you know this, but shout out to both of our moms because my mom has earrings that your mom made. I don't know if you know that. Oh, all right.
3: Um,
0: from, cause we, I took them, we were in Beacon and I took them to your parents, uh, uh studio. Um, but my, my question was, was there, so you know, art was something that was always in your home and you were exposed to it from a young age. Is it something that like, A, did you know very young that you were like, I want to be an artist. This is what I want to do. I want to do something in the arts. And then when did you find painting? When were you like painting? That's like, you know, because I also, I do something that my parents didn't do, but I know that I wanted to do art from a very young age and I found film and I was like, oh, that's my thing, you know? Was that similar for you?
3: Um, It was, uh, no, it wasn't a linear path. I, I, and I can't say for sure that like painting is all I'm going to do uh, in terms of my, like, you know, art, my artist identity. But when I was in second grade, I told my teacher on like career day or whatever that I wanted to be a cowboy and a painter. And uh, she called my mom. And I just wanted to reiterate that. I don't know if she's one. I don't know if it was like more of like a a notable anecdote to like, she's like, I got to tell the parents this, this is too, too cute or something. Cause she's like, most kids said doctor or cop or teacher. And Kara said, yeah, I want to be a cowboy and a painter. Um, but then through high school, college, I, I got really into writing. I was really into um, a lot of Russian literature, a lot of like language poetry, um, non-narrative prose, all kinds of kind of edgy at the time things. Uh, I thought that I was going to go to grad school for um, creative writing and kind of stay in like academia for a long time. But... I had kind of a twisted senior year of college and kind of ended on a low note, not like necessarily academically, but like personally. And I ended up moving to Brooklyn and, you know, c- consulting with my student debt, just kind of like figuring out like what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. And I was working at a jewelry studio at the time and that was cool. I had, you know, in the guild life of having artisan parents, you know, jewelers, you know, ceramicists. So woodworkers, I've had, I've had a number of different, those kind of jobs most of my life up until this point. And then I started working at a bar in Park Slope called Bar Reese. And I started making a lot of money and I was like, okay, I have a lot of debt. I'm making money. Let's just like, let's just see what happens here. I also got like really kind of, I don't know, sour on the academic farce of like the institution. I got like, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm really going to like go to school to someday, maybe be a teacher. I don't know. I just like, I was being very disillusioned. And at the time I was also very like, not creative, not really making a lot of things and being like, you know, what even matters? It doesn't matter. This is my 20s. So then like slowly out of that, I realized that like actually I just need to be making things to be happy. So I had to start writing again. I started painting again. And um, I've been kind of focusing on the painting more than anything Um, the past, I don't know, I'd say 10 years really is really what I've been. But I don't know. I mean, at this point, I'm trying to take it more seriously. I'm definitely trying to be a little more out there, be a little more present with my work and showing people what what I'm doing. And also just being open to making some small paintings and trying to like sell them cheaply on the internet. I'm not opposed to that kind of like accessibility and art. So I want to be, you know, participating in some form of accessible art, not just trying to make a painting that I can eventually land a gallery show that will you know, pay my rent. Like really, pay my rent.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we we talked about that a little bit a couple weeks ago. You know, when you were talking about painting like still lifes and stuff, and
3: you know, I was yeah, right, some, dogs. Yeah, and
0: I was saying like, you know, you don't have to be Jeff Koontz or Damien Hirst to like make money. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to completely be bullshit <laughs> you know what i mean you can still yeah. consider you can still consider your audience but also be doing it out of your own expression you know instead of like in service of like what you think is going to make you money or, or whatever right just to talk about the work just a little bit because i am a child of painters and it is kind of like i do nerd out on that shit a little bit um I wanted to talk about your relationship with wood. <laughs> you know, you you're someone who, in your painting, you use wood as almost all of your. I mean, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say canvas. But, but uh, I know that you posted something the other day on Instagram about saying that you would never paint on canvas, and then you actually did paint on canvas. But, but uh, I more want to know about like what you like about painting on wood and how you kind of, fir- how, how you develop that style because I, I think it's just a really, it's just very interesting and it's very interesting how, you know, you use plywood and a lot of the patterns in the wood become part of the, the, the piece and, uh, you know, the figures are kind of, sometimes they're obstructed. It's just very interesting and I just wanted to, to know if you would share some of that thought process on uh, on working with wood.
3: Yeah. So in high school, I started painting on wood because it was, I found it in the, like, it was free basically. And then college was similar, um, you know, finding scraps of plywood on the street or like construction sites or whatever. So repurposing that. And I liked, I liked just the wood as a background, kind of like, you know, more like a street art aesthetic, back then that was kind of like what I was going for. Um, but then I realized that like, I really like part of the aesthetic that I like about it is the, the natural unpredictability of the patterning and the grain and the way that it mimics all kinds of things that we see otherwise like reflections in water or the way smoke moves or, um, just lots of fluid things that occur in nature. So as I started kind of using that patterning and background is kind of incorporating into the image of my paintings, I started thinking about, well, wha- why? I and mean, is this just like a gimmick? Am I just doing this because I know that like people like it and it's kind of like a go-to uh designy kind of aesthetic thing of the wood grain and have this um image on top of it or incorporated in it but then I realized that it's actually like there is a kind of messaging behind it and there's a kind of uh a belief system that I have about the world and it the the wood grain stands in as a really good medium to explain that sometimes like I think that in painting we're either trying to paint things that we can we see that we think only we can see and we want to show it to other people or we're trying to paint something that you know other people see and we want to see it for ourselves. So that's just one way I think about painting, but I think that I see something sometimes that maybe people don't notice or something about relationships between people or the natural world. And it's this kind of like common thread that's just constantly running through everything. And so in my in my paintings, sometimes I use the grain to try to explain some of these things. I was really into physics and stuff uh, for a while. I had like a lot of like multidimensional, you know, different energy fields, different... Um, you know, that kind of black hole science you get into sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. I, you know, not, I, I kind of wanted to ask that because, you know, I don't think, I don't think that like artist intention necessarily matters. Uh, you know, as far as like it is, some artists, including myself, like it's very difficult to talk about that because it's, even if you understand it yourself, it's like, if something is lost in tr- translation of sometimes, but but it's clear to me that even if it was it's not like uh i'm using wood for this specific reason there is a thought process and there is a it certainly adds something to it a- and uh, i don't think you know t- you thought of like is this a gimmick like i certainly don't it doesn't feel like a gimmick to to me um,
3: right but it, it is it is a rule or it is a Restriction and like when I just when I started painting, I decide I'm not going to paint on the dark sh- shade of the grain. It's it's something. It's the the canvas becomes part of the conversation, and it, it's something that I have to adhere to in a way that like it's out of my control in a sense. So it feels like not necessarily that I'm depending on uh, this like trick or this gimmick, but I am I'm lightening my own load. You know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like taking some pressure off myself to make decisions that, you know, I don't maybe want to make. So. Well,
0: and and that makes sense. And just on that, on that note, like when you do, I don't know how you work as far as like a lot of your pieces seem to kind of go together in, 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 a way, um, you know, as far as subject matter, uh, or just, just kind of vibe. Do you think in terms of theme, like, do you like, I'm going to do a series of paintings exploring this, or you're just like, oh, I'm going to paint this today.
3: I just, I go through phases. I go through the little spells of little series, try and explore one idea until I get bored of it and do something else. The fruit I just did on the canvas the other day, that was just like, that was, you know, mm-hmm. I don't eat fruit, George. I know you don't eat fruit, but I've been painting it <laughs> I've been painting
1: a lot of fruit, so...
0: No, no fruit. Y'all both have weird uh, food things. Like George, like me and George used to pre-this go to the coffee shop to do writing, and I'm drinking like seven coffees, and George is drinking like a
3: 16-ounce glass of milk.
0: Third
1: yeah. <laughs> likes milk. Big old glass of milk. I do. Carrie, you don't eat fruit? No. George, you also don't eat fruit? No. Or...
3: No
0: fruit. <laughs>
1: It's like uh just one of the one of the many things carrie and I bonded over was like was no fruit.
0: What? Are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> I'm very specific. Why well, don't like fruit? Why don't you like fruit? Cuz I, I I mean I don't.
3: I don't like fruit because it the texture and the flavor combined.
0: No thank you. I'm not. We're I don't I, let's move on.
1: <laughs> no, I mean like seriously, it's I mean fruit, like
0: people, it's fruit.
1: It was when I was a kid the phrase that i apparently like told my parents was like it makes a funny sound when you bite into it and i don't <laughs> like it <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
1: that's as good a reason as any so, so that's that's it so uh um, we of course we don't, don't want to take up too much of your time and we're going to eventually get to our game but there's a few things that i want to ask you based on like our, our uh, relationship and our past talks so as we all know Julius Dreyfus, uh, we're here at the Know Your pod, we are huge fans of hers. And in fact, we think that she's a goat as far as TV shows go. Who would you rather hang out with? Selena Meyer or Elaine Bennis?
3: Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Look, Selena Selena is amazing. Okay, they're both kind of like it, it's, it's scrupulous people. They're bad people, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. But <laughs> Selena is not as chill or fun as elaine i would way i would much rather hang out with Elaine. lane also like i feel like we would have you know i i don't i love my friends my best my my best dude friends in the world i love them but like you know we're all in a sense we're all idiots together mm-hmm. so i feel like we'd have a lot to talk about in terms of like like these fucking guys like how did we end up here well we're like them that's how that's why we're here <laughs>
1: well, well said. you know it's funny when i when i've rewatched veep and i and i've seen seinfeld just like all of us have it was like as many times as we have it's like when you watch veep and then when you watch seinfeld again the star of the show is her oh
3: yeah
1: and it was like it's funny i was like i I'm, I, I i refer i framed it in my mind now that like i'm only really paying attention to her stories and you really care less about everybody else
0: well and it takes a while too like because hillary yeah. and i watched like the first like three or four seasons she wasn't really that into it and like um you know also they
3: didn't know how to they didn't know how to no. write her right
0: no and, and they didn't realize yeah they didn't
3: know how to handle a female character for a while
0: they didn't realize she could be the heart of an episode and also be the funniest part of it you know what i mean like she she could do both oh yeah but yeah george asked that earlier and i was like that's like the easiest like who the fuck wants to hang out with selena Meyer? like she's awesome but like she's it seems like a fucking she's a politician. disaster to hang out with
3: she's a fucking politician Exa- ex- exactly
1: i think what it is is like uh, my my selena meyer love is like some of the some of the best lines that have been written for that show have come from her like uh remember the season when she's like she's like hooking up with Andrew. And uh, she's already lost the election. And uh, this is one of my favorite lines in the history of lines in which uh, everybody's wondering, it's like, why are you like hooking up an Andrew again? And then she goes, um, she's like, unlike the American people, Andrew fucks me in a way that I rather enjoy. And I just think that line read just blew my mind. <laughs> it was very, good. It was very
3: good. So
1: it's like, of course, she's a goat. So am I, and my, my, my next question is like, so like I was... Googling and they're checking out my like, like it was like Google history because you know when you type in it, someone's like, Oh, I forgot that I looked that up. You and I had this conversation a few weeks ago about Megan Rapino and Sue Bird possibly living in Brooklyn. And uh Sue Bird, oddly enough later that evening, signed a contract with Seattle. <sighs> so I think they spent part of their time in Connecticut and part of their time in Seattle. And uh, we were talking, this is like a this is this question's got so many levels, so I'm just gonna let you just go with it. Whereabouts do you think they live? And you have been tasked. To curate an evening with Mega Rapino and Sue Bird in their introduction to Brooklyn. Where are you taking them to eat? Where are you taking them for drinks? And where are you taking them out for like the party hanging out? So, first off, question number one where do you think they live?
3: I think they live in like Brooklyn Heights or Cobble Hill. Ooh. I think they live in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, but it's ex- very expensive. But not the coolest part to live. That's the most expensive because if you have to like really be from New York and like know New York to mm-hmm. to know what neighborhood that is, and it's, it's it's not where they it's not where they live. Bo- they're kind of bougie. They're, kind of, they're bougie. They're, they're bougie kind of bougie. Of course.
0: They're. So like they would live, but they're cool. So like Cobble
3: Hill. Yeah, Cabo Hill princess, for I sure. Think. Um, for I would see. I don't. I like them a lot, but I'm not sure we're going to, like, be best friends right away. So I don't know if I want to take them to dinner, drinks, and then a party. What <laughs> we'll probably do is, like, plan that we're going to have a dinner, but then be like, look, uh, actually, something came up. Let's just meet for drinks after dinner. Is that cool with you? And they'd be like, sure, because they're very menable people, I'm sure. So then we meet for drinks somewhere where oh man i don't even remember where we go where do we go in the world anymore well we can't go because it's a pandemic so i'd make them go meet me at a uh, transmitter park in Greenpoint, which is like a little park near where i get my haircut i'd be like we're gonna go smoke weed by the river and drink uh like fancy beer that i brought in these paper bags right <laughs> that's what we do there then I would take them to, uh, the woods, which is like, you know, that bar on like South fourth, mm-hmm. like white. Yep. They have like a queer, they have like a queer, um, person's party on like Wednesday nights, big backyard. I would bring them there and just like, just create like a, like a main, like a frenzy. Like, and I would just watch, like, I would just watch like everything like fall apart around them and like you know hoist it on shoulders and the people some make some people's dreams come true that's what right. i would do that's
1: like nice yeah uh, i i was uh brooklyn Heights actually does make sense for some reason i thought it was like uh because i did look it up and it was like all i kept ke- kept coming up was connecticut i was like damn it because I was still just <laughs> see them like hanging out somewhere. I was like, I'm not fucking going to Connecticut.
0: <laughs> they do strike me like Brooklyn Pe- Like they they would be people that would buy a place in Brooklyn.
3: Oh yeah, they would love to live here all the time, but they can't.
1: Yeah, they can't. Uh, it's funny because like you send me that message, and I was like, Brooklyn is like next thing you know, I see you burst on that contract with the uh, with Seattle. So I was like, uh so we'll 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 figure it out. I bet you they spend some of their time here in in, in Brooklyn because it's basically basically like them just sort of hanging out well Kara so we we've gotten to the, the game portion of the show and for our listeners uh we're, we're we're curating I keep saying curating like it's a word in my vocabulary that's ridiculous it's like a, we're just like we're, we're building our own music festival and uh I'm super excited so for our listeners what we're doing here is we're gonna we're picking five bands as if we're going to a music fest pretend like there is no pandemic just for like a second everybody and which we're like we're going to a music fest and we're are we having a we're having five bands that we'd like to see. So, Carrie, you being our guest, the twelve thirty to one thirty spot at a music fest, a Sunday day. Who would you like to see? So this is
3: a daytime festival.
1: Well, it's going to day and the night. So, just five bands, twelve thirty. So, I like I'd like to say like the first band of being twelve thirty to one
3: thirty. To me, the first band is at
0: three p.m. because I don't go to a music festival before then.
3: Right. Well, I was gonna say I don't go to music festivals pretty much period because they're long. (laughs) I like to be comfortable. My back hurts. So unless I have some kind of like VIP backstage relationship with one of the bands playing, I'm probably not going to be at a music festival. So I really took this, I took this opportunity to design like this true fantasy. Like it really, it's not about like sensibility. It's all about me and what I want. So the first band would be lightning bolt which is this noise duo that I liked a long time ago. And every time I tried to see them, I would like, just miss it. Like I always miss, I never got to see them. I don't even know if I like it anymore, but I want <laughs> to see them. I would like to see them. So, and because I probably never will, I don't even know if they perform
1: anymore. So, so
3: that's number one. Get
1: it off. Bolt, the, your opener, Dave.
0: All right. Um, For my opener, I'm looking for a band that like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to come in during their set, like walk in probably somewhat stoned and like, it's like you're chill and, but you want something that moves. And I also saw these guys perform at a show. It wasn't a a festival, but it was a huge outdoor show with many acts and uh, uh, they were on at three and there was like no, it was an outdoor arena and there was nobody there but you would have thought that they were in like a tiny ass club and it was packed. And that's fishbone. And I saw fishbone play. They opened this show. is ridiculous. I was set. This gives you insight into 17 year old Dave um, fishbone opened for stone temple pilots and red hot chili peppers. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they were like a perfect, like I said, like we walked in, and there's, like, nobody in the whole place but just, like, a crowd of people right around the stage. And, like, everyone right around... They were having the time of their life. Uh, so, yeah, Fishbone.
1: Nice. So, a uh, little, little George Gordon side note. Fishbone came to my college with uh, De La Soul and The Goody Mob. So, shout out to Sick. the University of Memphis for making it happen. Uh, my early band that I want to see, because, like, I want to start off heavy now, and I'm a big fan of horns. And um, I miss going to new orleans this year so i'm going to start off with the hot ape brass band to hear two songs in particular um, um sexual healing a version of sexual Healing" is amazing that's probably what they close their set but right before that this brass band from new orleans does a great this amazing cover of joy divisions level terrace apart in fact it's so good it makes you wonder it's like why did i even like that other version this <laughs> version's better <laughs> carol what's the second man you're going to see on your your your, your made-up music festival
3: Um, another, uh, bucket list item would be another noise band, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the boredom's, uh, they're Japanese. Um, it's really atmospheric. I would feel like after lightning bolt, I would really like to see them. Um, also like, I'm probably not really paying attention, but it's like in the background, like, wow, I can't believe, I can't believe I just saw the boredom's when I could like still be watching them, but I'm not anymore. (laughs) So... I'm like going to, I'm going to meet you Dave I'm going to get you go to your fishbone bar get a little you know <laughs> meet for a drink in between come back
1: Dave
0: so I'm still like kind of warming up in, into my my like the the evening so I want some I want an act that like I know of and like but I like don't know all of their shit so like I'll hear some of the stuff, and then like the next day, I'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna listen to all of their stuff because they were so good in concert." And it's like, "This is uh some guys that I really would like to see in concert." That I'm just kind of like delving into their catalog, and it's all those Buffalo dudes: Boldy James, Westside Gun, and uh, Caruth. What George? What's the name of their crew that they call themselves? Do they they have a Gris-
1: Conway the Machine and all those other Gris- dudes? Griselda, Griselda, the Griselda. Yeah. So yeah. Uh,
0: Griselda, they're
1: all Buffalo kids.
0: All of them. And also, like, it would be dope because, like, they all have multiple albums, but, like, instead of listening to the album of one of them, I just like to have, like, them do, like, each one do two of their best songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I would, uh yeah, Griselda. That's my my next uh, slot. George.
1: Nice. So on to me. So, like, every good music festival is going to have a revival act or an act that just got back together. Maybe it's a cast grab. Maybe they just want to hang out. and Maybe they just want to do some for the fans. So I'm going to choose sort from of my next... Band that I want to see is a band that I, one of my favorite bands of all time, and that's Pavement. So it's like, I just want to get all of my 90s rock out of, out of my system. And like, it's like, oh, Pavement got back together at the George Gordon Festival. So that's basically <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, so like two o'clock to 3 30, I'm looking forward to seeing Pavement. Kara, what's your third band that you're saying? <laughs>
3: um, I'm gonna, you know, c- kind of start to turn into another direction from the the more uh instrumental noise and go towards some more of my uh sentimental feelings and you know george you know i i love bright eyes (laughs) i'm 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 both ashamed and proud i don't care you know like stay what you want but i like it but i would just want him to play the songs that i like so you know I'm sure we can work it out, but a lot of stuff from like digital ash to digital urn, some more like dancey, a little more upbeat.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Fevers and mirrors and uh lifted in the stories in the soil. That's probably out.
3: Yeah, just uh, yeah, not so not so much the folksy stuff. Just for this festival, just for me.
1: Just for you. Perfect. Do yeah. you know that was one of the concerts that we were gonna go see this year that uh did we weren't able to see? I think that was like sometime in June. You send me a text that was like, should we? And I was like,
3: Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe next
1: year dave dave on to you
0: um all right so i'm coming off of those Griselda dudes and they're like super high energy and it's like aggressive and shit and this is like going to be the middle act so i want to have like a plateau where i'm just like the edibles are starting to like kick in and it's like super chill and kind of what you were saying about like Kara about uh you know the noise bands about like you don't really have to pay attention, but like it's a mood and it's a vibe. So my next band is Krungbin, Krungbin, and I'm oh, like, oh
3: nice, that's how you say that?
0: I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was definitely saying Krangbin, Krangbin for a long time, but I I believe it's Krungbin. I've Never said it. I believe it's I've Kr- never
3: said
1: it. Um, I've been doing that thing in which like you think you know the lyric to the song, you just kind of go. Uh. I
0: I want to say I'm ninety percent sure it's Krungbin. Um, but I could be, um, uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, like it, like I'm preparing for the next two acts, which are going to be very high energy. So, and like, it's a total mood. It puts me in a great place. Even like, we were talking about this on the, uh, I don't, we didn't mention them, but we were talking about this with Leslie about like bar music and like Krungbin is one of those bands I, I play when oh. like, I, I can't be mad. Like it takes a lot of the anger away.
3: It was um, on, like, every one of my playlists, yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. All days of the week, all times of day. Because you're
0: just like, oh, yeah. It works. Yeah. yeah. It's
3: crowd-pleaser, sure. yeah.
0: too. Everyone likes so, it. 100%. And it's one of those bands that everybody's like, who is, like, who is this? And then I'm like, ago, well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> this band. Uh, I'm I'm just uh, I'll, here, I'll
3: write, I'll write it down for you. You show
0: them the thing. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> George, uh, who's...
1: We're on to you, right? For me, like I've I've already I've already listened to some brass and I've already listened to some indie rock. It's like I think I'm going to get a little bit of country and I'm, I'm a, and I want to see like the probably the greatest living country music artist of like today. And I want to see from four to five thirty. I want to see some Dolly Parton, just to just wow, just to, like just to have just like a, the out because we're the next couple hours are going to be off the rails. So Dolly Parton is my four to five thirty. I've got a couple beers in my system and I'm ready to go. Wow, Kara, who's the who's the the band before the headliner for you?
3: Um, in a sense, this is my headliner because my final act is more of a DJ set. But uh, I, after the emo bright eyes, I would like the softness and the serenity of Beach House, which uh, is another one of my favorite bands. And I always struggle to see them live. I saw them successfully once in prospect park but they were opening for the national and that everyone there was a national fan and it was still light out when beach house was playing and they were just like national national and i'm sorry but national sucks <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't like them either oh, that
3: guy's voice why do people like that I don't, I, don't I don't know i don't know
0: i've seen them at a music festival actually they, they weren't
3: that great. to yeah. me like when you're talking about the bar customer that like i don't I don't miss. He has the voice of the guy in the national, and he <laughs> he talks like that guy sings, and yeah. So,
0: Beach <laughs> um, House, yeah. Dave, I love them. They're like also one of those bands that like if you're here, I've seen them live once, and it's like uh, it's like it's almost like a drug experience, you know, because it's so atmospheric mm-hmm. and like, you're really like um. I was probably on drugs at the time to be to be fair <laughs> to be fair but uh yeah anyway um so my next one is the sun is going down it's the one before the headliner but I want someone who can carry uh who can carry it um and like someone with a, a just just an amazing band altogether and a band with a a long catalog that I know really well and like I can sing along And that is TV on the radio. Uh, Another band that I have like nearly missed many times. Um, I've seen some of like their off, some of the guys offshoots bands. Um, But uh, yeah, I've always really wanted to see them. And I think that they've put on an amazing show. And I just think they're such an interesting band. And like, if I think of like, like contemporary rock bands that I'd like to hear in an open air, you know, nighttime show they would be first
1: on the list so tv on the radio all right on to me so uh real quick before i choose my next one producer mary best has just messaged us and saying that you guys are saying it right it is krung bin so shout out to producer mary best for 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 fact checking that and uh, on to me so i have been listening to a lot of disco recently uh i just bought a sylvester record that came in the mail that's coming in the mail soon and i've been Really, really into disco. And there's a genre of disco, I guess that's from the 60s to 70s. That's like called post-disco. And my favorite record of last year is uh What's Your Pleasure by Jesse Ware. I don't know if you guys have heard of this record. This record is fucking incredible. So my six to seven thirty, because I'm ready to dance, is like Jesse Ware. And I'm hoping she opens a spotlight and then goes straight into what's your pleasure. I don't know if you guys listen to this record. The record is unbelievable. So six to seven: thirty post-disco. Jesse, where? Because I'm ready to get down. Nuts. All right, Kara, so who is, who is your last one?
3: Uh, my last one is uh Aphex Twin. Um, Just because, again, I if this is the only festival I'm ever going to go to in my life, I would like to see Apex Twin close it out with, like, a nice, like, hour and a half. I don't care what he plays. I just want to be there for it. And, you know have that in my my little memory palace up here so yeah once in a lifetime i mean i don't even know i there was like a some show in queens or something there was a rumor going around 8th effects one was going to perform there and it was just like immediately sold out in like two seconds it's like he's a he's a rare bird to catch in real life so that's it that's my best that's an
0: awesome festival, and I think that he would be. It's niche. Really it's niche. <laughs> I think he would be really interesting because, like, he's someone that, like, I don't know what to expect from an Apex Twin show, and that's like yeah. exciting. Like,
3: uh, you can do whatever yeah. he wants. You can do whatever he
0: wants. Um, okay, so my last one, my headliner, is a band that I have seen twice actually, uh, many years ago, and I think they're incredible. One of them, one of the shows is maybe the best show I've ever been to in my life um wow. maybe it's hard you know it's hard to say but definitely one of the top ones that's in in the memory for sure and it's a band who I don't believe they did anything before the pandemic but they were trying to play a show they were planning on playing shows for the first time in 15 plus years and that is of course outcast outcast um I couldn't think of a better headliner to like you know, like music festivals, I, I kind of agree with you. I've only been to a couple myself. I usually only go to like a day here or there. Uh, I have the same thing where I don't I don't like them in general, like as far as the, con- the, the construct of them. But they, to me, are a music festival band. Like I would want to see them at a music festival. I would pay the money to see them. I saw them once in a small like ballroom type, like a Webster Hall type uh, venue. That's the show that I thought was probably the best show I've ever seen. Um, also, the opener to that show was ludicrous. Like a month after his first album came out, it was incredible. Uh, but I also saw them at like an arena show, and they were fucking—they're awesome because they have like pageantry and they have a whole big show and and like their this. I saw them on a Stankonia tour, and their whole backdrop was like uh, it's the uh, their own planet, and like it had craters and shit. It's like dope. So yeah, Outcast headlines by music festival. George,
1: who's, uh, who's bringing us home? All right, so I've already got my brass out. I've got my 90s indie rock out. I've got my my country with Dolly Parton. Then I've got my old disco out. Now it's time to get really emotional and probably do a little bit of crime because that's how happy I'm going to be. So I've decided that my last music act of the evening just happens to be my favorite singer of all time. And I name I like her so much, or I love her so much, I named my cat after her. And that is going to be Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight closes up the my 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 music festival, and then Gladys comes out, and she goes, just like, uh, she does Midnight Train to Georgia, she's like, I got I got a treat for y'all, I'm going to do one more song, and I'm getting emotional, I'm crying, I've got a few beers in my system, and then she starts inviting out Dion Warwick, Elton John, and Stevie Wonder, and they close out the Dave George Gordon Festival, and they do That's What Friends Are For, and everybody's crying, and everybody's like, this is the greatest concert I've ever been to. So my last show of the evening is Gladys Knight. I'm crying. Special guests. <laughs> are Everybody's the pips crying. there too? No, no, no pips. pips. Just, just, glides, just, Gladys, just Gladys. Just Gladys. Just Gladys do thing. She does
2: I want to throw in here real quick because I misheard you, Dave, um, earlier when you were speaking, and it occurred to me that this, uh, this festival that we're putting together could very well be called the pandemic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very, nice. very
0: best for the win.
1: <laughs> producing very best off the top rope <laughs>
0: all right so pandemic uh 20 whenever right. um but uh yeah when we can when we can uh be together again
1: exactly well kara um uh, uh as you can see it's been a delight to of course see you and um uh, before we let you go before we let you get out of here and do what you got going in the day plug something for us and uh say what you got coming up that that we can check out
3: um i definitely want to plug the podcast xo higher self with bunny michael and uh if you're just like wondering like what who's bunny and like what what is this uh follow bunny michael on instagram um and you'll see it's all it's all laid out there um, also, my Instagram has a lot of my paintings on it, and uh, that's at khdg. Um, I'm going to be selling a lot of small works for the rest of the winter, so there's always things to see, new things to see. Um, what else? Well, are
0: you going to be doing most of that stuff on your Instagram, like, or do you have a website?
3: Yeah. I, on my website, I have not connected to a like pay, pay, uh, you know, payable situation, Shopify or anything. Um, I'm not committed to that, even though I do think it helps people to buy things anonymously somehow, because as of now they have to contact me personally. And it, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about how much your paintings are to your friends. Or, you know, when you, when you want to, you, you, when you want to assign value to your, to your services or to your work or to anything. And it's like, it's, it's hard to talk about sometimes. Um, But uh, yeah. So yeah, if you want to, if you see anything you like, you can message me. Also, um, I am available for commissions. I will paint your dog. I will, <laughs> but we have to talk about it we're going to
0: ah, we're we're, we're going to have to talk about that at some point but uh uh yeah I the, the last thing I w- wanted to say was uh um are you um do you have more prints? I, we were we, this hasn't been on the show yet, but we George and I were talking. I have a, a print uh, of yours in in our house. Actually.
3: Yes, uh, currently that is the only painting that I have available in print form. It is a commemorative painting of the uh, protests and riots of June twenty twenty. Um, it's a nice little NYPD van on fire. Um, it was based on a photograph that was taken in Fort Greene, um, and I, I, it's the only time I've ever tried to capture a historic moment, but I feel like that was one. And initially I painted the painting for uh, fundraising, uh, which was very successful. I was able to donate $2,000 to Glitz. Um, it's a great organization uh and now i'm just selling prints of them that are super cheap so that everyone can have a little piece of that history in their home um yeah
0: i love it i love looking at it every day um i just to to let you go on this note uh because i think you'll get a kick out of this um it's hanging in our kitchen, and. We live in a very small house of uh, multi-generational uh, uh, Mexican-American family. And, you know, we don't talk politics with them all the time, but we know that they're like not Trump supporters and and that all that stuff. But uh, um, they were we had like an oven problem the other day and I basically had like the entire family in our kitchen. And I'm just like staring at the thing, and I'm just like, I just wonder, like, what is this going to be a conversation? Like, what what's about to happen right now? But uh, none of nobody saw it, or if they, if they did see it, they didn't didn't say anything. So I thought uh, that you, you'd get a kick out of that. That my entire uh, the entire family that owns my house was uh, admiring your artwork. So, um, Ken, uh, do, is that fundraiser is over? Right, that was something that you did at that
3: yes the fund the fundraiser is is over i sold i raffled off the original painting um so the painting is no longer with me um but these prints are still available and the prints just fund at this point me but i get a very marginal profit off the cost of the print um it's really just for my time
0: you deserve to be (laughs) compensated
3: those are available um if uh through you can email me or you can. Contact me on Instagram, or you can just straight up Venmo me thirty dollars at Kara Gilv K-H-A-R-A-G-I-L-V dash is in Victor E Y um, 30 dollars and your address, and I will have it. We have to work on the days. V part.
1: Maybe like victory, so. not Victor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> a little a little insight. <laughs> I always say. Yeah, B is in victory. He is in Vanquish. I just I say that okay. that's how my mom used to say it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Used to be like at the bank spelling your name. And I was like, that's
1: <laughs> that's cool. Well, uh Kara again, thank you for uh <laughs> for, for, for being on our podcast and being on a know your roles uh being a part of the know your roles family. And um let's see uh, that let's absolutely let's do something next week.
3: It was a pleasure. I'm a listen, I'm a listener. I'm a listener to all
0: these. I was going to say, thank you for being a loyal listener.
3: It's nice because I miss miss hanging out with you guys. So it's nice to like, while I'm painting, I'm like, we're just hanging out. You're just
0: here with me. You're the first guest that I know for sure listens to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, all of our other guests are lovely. I'm sure they listen to every episode, but uh, I know for sure that you do. So (laughs) I appreciate that.
1: Nice. We did. We good.
0: I think we did it, George
1: all
3: right all right absolutely awesome kara thanks for having me guys all right thank you again kara <laughs> all right bye guys
1: later get
0: her. all right we are uh we're back here with you we, we want to go ahead again and thank kara gilvey uh that was so much fun. um I don't know if I said this on the recording or the pod, but like George, like you, George and Kara are two of the few people that I've actually seen in person over the last year. And, uh, it was great to, to chop it up with them. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah,
1: no, it was good time. So it was a good time to see, see Kara. So that was a lot of fun. And we got the, we got the plug smart. Hopefully, uh, our listeners, if you, uh, if yeah. please listen and rate and review, but also buy some of Kara's art, which is kind of rad. So.
0: I yeah I love Kara's work. I mean, it is really really awesome. I I uh I want as much of it as we can possibly acquire in our home. We we don't have any money, but but uh, Hillary and I are both like, oh, we we would buy this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, at some future. But uh, yeah, so yeah, and Kara's Instagram at khdg. That's where they are. You know, as as Kara said. Doing all the negotiations and stuff for that. So yeah, if you're interested, K H D G. Anyway, so George, what uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking for this next this weekend? This next week.
1: Well, as the, as the listeners uh, know, unless if you stay with us from the very beginning, they, they should know that I'm a big tennis fan and the Australian Open is in full swing and I'm a big fan of that. Looking forward to that. Unfortunately, I wish I was still bartending because like the Australian Open is like the one like tennis tournament that I can catch like as soon as I got off work at like three o'clock in the morning and still watch it till like five or six. Unfortunately, I got to have to be like up the so, uh, and it, or like uh, I got to maybe record it and watch it in the morning. But it knew that's neither here nor there. I was Like I love tennis is like of, of all the sports uh, that, that is out there. It's, it's definitely like one of my favorites because I love the singular nature of it. This is like the aloneness and you got to be able to figure it out on the fly, which I totally enjoy. So I like stand up is like when when things are not going well, I'm just like, Well, I gotta figure out how to get out of this and you got to kind of go from there. So I'm looking forward to watching Australian Open. Maybe I'll stay up late one evening and listen in the wings. And then just segue right into the watch Australian Open, Dave. What are you looking forward to this weekend?
0: Yeah, that's like that's like a bartender's dream of like getting home at like two thirty in the morning. There's actually something on that's happening like at that time. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I am looking forward to a couple of things uh, real quickly. One is I mentioned them on the show a couple of weeks ago, but I have started receiving the soft power vote newsletter soft power their organization that they're an election resource and, and uh not gonna spend too much time on them i, I shouted them out before but uh, the newsletter is awesome it's like not only is it you know a lot of information but they're also very funny and the people that work on them are really good writers there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there they do a free one and then they do you can they call it the level up news newsletter and uh they it's like a a very small fee um but i highly recommend looking into that and i'm i'm like now excited to get that every week uh yeah and just very briefly i i'm liking them a lot because they are liking who i am liking in the mayor the mayoral race uh which is diane morales just if anyone wants to know probably talk about that maybe more some other time but diane morales anyway uh the other thing other couple of things i'm looking forward to one is a new hbo max documentary black art in the absence of light, it's about uh, contemporary African American artists, and uh, um, very, you know, it's it's a very interesting look into a lot of these awesome black artists. Like, uh, there's a bunch of Chicago guys in there, um, including Theaster Gates and Carrie James Marshall, two artists that I really love. Also, people like Kara Walker, Kahinda Wiley. It looks really interesting. It looks uh, really cool. Art documentary on HBO Max. It's available now. I'm going to check that out. The very last thing I am looking forward to, uh, I'll probably plug this again. I just found out about this today. That's why I'm looking forward to doing it because I'm going to go get one at some point. But uh, my personal friend, shout out, uh, Chef Bobby Helen He had a restaurant in the East Village That he closed a few years ago called Gigi's I don't know if you ever went there, uh, George It's a pizza, like a high-end pizza place uh, He did like Square, Sicilian Like Grandma, Southeast Unbelievable, but he's actually doing A pop-up with black seed Bagels In the Lower East Side, and they're doing a pizza Pop-up that's like after hours When black seed bagels closes And they're calling it black seed pizza And uh, you can follow Black Seed Bagels at, at Black Seed Bagels. But like I said, they're doing this pizza pop-up. It's takeout delivery. And yeah, Bobby makes unfucking believable pizza. And I can't wait to go and, and get one. Um, so yeah, Black Seed Pizza pop-up. East Village or uh, Lower East Side if you are living in New York City. All right. That's, uh, that's what I got producer Mary Bess what uh, what are you looking for what are you looking forward to this weekend this week
2: Thanks Dave um, I I'm less looking forward to this and more um, well depending on the outcome of this particular event that is uh, occurring in our country right now um, but I did want to talk about something in particular as we all know our government is in the middle of an impeachment trial the fourth time in history a president has been impeached the third of which, was an impeachment of the same president, as many know. Uh, And given day one's 56 to 44 vote with respect to whether or not the impeachment is constitutional, and a lot of conservative representative statements around acquittal, uh, the conviction of the former POTUS is unlikely, unless Republican representatives are flooded with calls from their constituents. And so right now, It falls to residents of red and purple states to speak up, as is the case so often. Constituents must put pressure on our representatives to do the right thing and convict the former president of inciting an insurrection on January 6th, while also ensuring that he can never hold federal office again, seeing how dangerous this man is and the rhetoric that he pushes. If you're of a like mind and you feel strongly that the former president should be convicted, I urge you to call your senators. It's easy to find their contact numbers online. A great resource for doing this is phone2action.com. And that's the number two, 2 You can go to their website. They'll connect you to your elected officials at the federal, state, and local Most likely levels. Speak to a staff street. member during business hours. Or um, you can leave a message on their machine after business hours, uh, which is also great because then you flood your representative's machines And their staff can convey that to them. You know, your constituents are calling in in droves because they feel strongly about issue A or issue B. Um, And it's actually pretty easy once you do it. Um, And it just takes a few minutes of your time. And in my opinion, it is a vital part of what it means to share our voices. Our representatives are elected to reflect us. Let's not forget this. And your opinion matters. Your voice matters. So don't be afraid to use it this week as often as you can. Um, and anytime you feel called to speak out. So I encourage everyone to to do that if they feel so called.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Mary Bess. Yes, please make those calls if you can because uh, this man cannot be allowed to hold office ever again. Um, so yeah, and make, sure, make sure that happens. We did it. I think we did it. If we didn't do it, just nobody should tell us. <laughs> like
1: We did. We, we did. Yeah. We did <laughs> well, we came, we, we came close. That's
0: good enough for me. All right. I think uh, that's going to do it for us here at Know Your Roles. We are going to be back next week with a, another exciting guest and uh, another exciting show. Absolutely. I think everybody who has been listening, We. We definitely appreciate you. And uh yeah, everybody stay safe and healthy and do some mutual aid if you can. George.
1: Uh well of course I'm gonna use my usual send-off, and I'm gonna continue doing my usual send-off from here until probably as long as that I'm on this podcast, and that is wear your mask over your fucking nose. I'm out.
0: Alright. Um,
2: you know the road of the rough stuff.